The uh, scripture for today comes from Proverbs. Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 20. And the heading in my Bible refers to this as further benefits of wisdom. So if there are further benefits of wisdom, then there must have been some initial benefits, and so these are even further than that. Um, so, yeah, so Proverbs 3, 1 through 20. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, as a father the son he delights in. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with that. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge the deeps were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. Wes referred to the harvest of righteousness this morning and so we... Um, we want to give thanks uh, for the offerings, uh, but we also want to reflect this Thanksgiving season uh, on something that is a harvest waiting. Uh, when we talk about these days we live in, we think about the messiness and the mixed upness of the world. You know, the one song talked, that we sang talked about these are the days of, of great trials, of famine, uh, of, uh, um, what's the other word in there? Uh, danger, um, there's the sword. Uh, days of, of great trials in, in general is, is thinking about how difficult it is to be called a person of faith today. And depending on where you're at and what setting you're in, you're going to get attacked for even using the name Christian. It's, uh, it's hard to be faithful when the climate around you is so against anything that, that we have of the faith. And, and so in the middle of that, we reflect today 
on something that you may have not linked much together, which is thankfulness, which is the harvest, and wisdom. And there was uh, significant challenges when we look at the children of Israel. Their challenge was how to find wisdom and to be able to trust and remain in that wisdom and remain in faithfulness throughout that. In just a few moments, I may be calling antennae up here to to share a few words of a conversation we had yesterday. But my day started out this morning, I don't know about you, but my day started out at at 5.30 or 20 after 5, somewhere in there. I remember it because I very seldom see that time of day uh, in the mornings. Uh, And uh, I was getting up to do what was the biggest discernment of the day, the roads and the weather conditions to be able to have church. It's always an interesting one. And it's a parallel in some ways to what we're going to be talking about today. It's a parallel of talking about wisdom by taking counsel. And I, I, um, I was so blessed this morning because I got all ready to go out and try the roads and to drive around a little bit and to, uh, to, to work at uh, that discernment process. First, I sat at my computer and I was going through all of the websites, all of the weather advisories, any reports that the police officers have about their recommendations on being on the roads and looking at all of that, gathering all that information. And in the middle of all of that attempt at finding wisdom, I hear a clunk, scrape, clunk, scrape, clunk. And I'm thinking, praise God for Lincoln Graybill. <laughs> all I had to do instead of, instead of getting, going out into the weather, I just had to walk 20 feet out in my driveway and he rolled down the window and there was the source of my wisdom. <laughs> he did all the driving for me. And, you know, there's a parallel to that because one of the things that we tend to do is we tend to make decisions and deal with the mess around us according to sort of just almost a tunnel vision. Well, how do I just get through this next moment or this next? Instead of gathering information and thinking about what is the big picture of what God is wanting to do. I've seen that in many situations where, where people get caught up and so focused on solving one little thing that they, that they end up just limiting their ability to think about broader options. And it was just very clear this morning that, I mean, I, I already got from Lincoln the report that the plows were already out and had made their way down most of the roads. Um, and so it was a great help. Um, but uh, I want to go back to this story. And Tenney, come on up uh, this morning. I'm, I'm putting him on the spot here. Um, I, we met yesterday and talked and shared and, and, and uh, met together. And uh, he was listening to uh, someone on the radio or on a, I don't know if it was a, some kind of telecast or something, but uh, I, or a recording of a pastor I said, well, who was speaking there? He goes, it was a pastor. And he was talking about the wilderness and the children of Israel. And that was what he was preaching on. And so um, I was asking him questions about that. What, 
what was being said about that wilderness experience uh, that they were having. Come and just maybe say a few words about what he was talking about. You can come right up here. Thank you so much for giving me this chance. Uh, the preacher is an Ethiopian preacher, and uh, I was watching uh, through YouTube when you. Oh, YouTube. Yeah, yes. YouTube. Yeah. So the preacher was talking about being consistent in faith. So he talks about the the story of Israel, Israelites. Uh, in the Old Testament, as you know, the the Israelites. Uh, have accepted a promise to be to get in Canaan, but in the Canaan, the, Canaan, the yeah. promised land. Yeah, the promised yeah. land. So in the process of their journey in the wilderness, God was faithful to give them the promised land, but they were not faithful uh, to be in line with the promise. They were not consistent yeah. with the promise of God. So they didn't get to the land of Canaan. And the preacher also talks about, in the New Testament, about Pharisees uh -huh. and the life of uh, hypocrisy. And when we see the Pharisees, they fast, they give, and they pray. They did this all thing is uh, for image building, not for their relationship with God, not for their phase that they had with God. Yeah, so it was, it was how they looked. It was the fact that Jesus was talking about confronting the Pharisees where, because they would pray in public and they would be, happen to be at the town square at the busiest time of day so that everyone could, as they walked by, see them praying and seeing their holiness and that kind of thing. It's, it's that whole idea of the public display of how wise and how good and how pure, and am I on the right track there? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so the preacher is uh, mainly focused on in order to have a consistent phase, we need to have consistent relationship with God. Amen. Uh, so the Pharisees doesn't have con consistent relationship with God, but they were more concerned about image building. They were more about concerned about their uh, public image, their public relationship in the community, yeah. but not in relation to God. When they fast, when they give, when they pray, they don't consider those activities in relation to God, but in relation to their public image so that they can have good image uh, at the community. Yeah. So it is good to have good relationship with God so that we can have consistent yeah. faith. Now step a little closer here, because I'm going to ask you one other question. <laughs> so one of the things that I did yesterday was I asked Antenna, I said, what is your favorite Bible verse? And it relates to this whole wilderness thing very directly, uh, unplanned. I mean, I didn't know what his favorite verse was. Tell them what your favorite passage of Scripture is, your favorite verse. Yeah, the text uh, is... There is no one like God. Uh, it is found in Deuteronomy 34. I forgot that verse, sorry. Yeah, Deuteronomy, yeah. Yeah. And, and the setting was, at the end of these 40 years of wandering through the wilderness, the setting was that Moses, right, 
Um, Moses was informed. Go ahead. Yeah, when this is the text that was told by Moses. When Moses told this uh, uh, text, he was in, in the situation that God told him that you don't get to the promised land. God told him that you are about to die here. So at this situation, he's telling to the Israelites, there is no, there is no one like God. You know, at this situation, it was expected for Moses to complain, to be hungry, uh, to be, you know, with bad feeling on God, but he was not in that uh, feeling. Rather than he was telling them, there is no one like God at any situation, whether you go up or down at any situation. So, yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah, so, so just a, a little more context. You know that the reason that he was not able to go into the promised land was a part of the discipline for when he had gotten angry, right? Uh, and he, had, he was so angry at God's people for turning away from God and, get, and making an idol when he was coming down with the stone tablets and he threw down the tablets and broke the Ten Commandments. And that was part of his discipline for, for not. And so I think, and Ten, I said it well, that, that basically Moses, you would expect him to be upset. He spent his entire life serving God, his entire life trying to be faithful, his entire 40 years in the wilderness. He saw all these miracles that God did and he led his people in what should have been an 18-month trip, took them 40 years wandering in and around because uh, of unfaithfulness and, and because of an inability to continue to be faithful and steady in their faith. And because of that anger moment and because of that situation, Moses' life and mission was complete. And instead of being angry and upset about that, Moses not only accepted that plot that that place and and that end um but in but he in in a powerful way for him just before he died to say there is no one like god like our god uh so yeah thanks thanks so much for for helping uh let, let's let's give him a for helping, for helping share uh, the word and giving us a bit of a context then to say what took them 40 years was a lack of wisdom. And we see that in this passage, wisdom really does work in many, many ways. And this is not to confuse intelligence with wisdom. I've probably told you this story before, but this story so well illustrates the difference between being intelligent and smart and being wise. Um, so there was a, a minister, a Boy Scout, and a computer expert, and they were the only passengers on a small plane. Halfway through the flight, the pilot came back to the cabin and said, I'm sorry, but the plane is going down, and there are only three parachutes for four people. The pilot added, I should have one of the parachutes because I have a wife and three small children. So he took the parachute and jumped. And then the computer whiz said, I should have one of the parachutes because I'm the smartest 
man in the world and everyone needs me. So he took one and jumped. The minister turned to the Boy Scout and said with a smile, you're young and I have lived a rich life. So you take the remaining parachute and I'll go down with the plane. Boy Scout said, relax, Reverend. The smartest man in the world just picked up my knapsack and jumped out. There is a difference between intelligence and wisdom. Um, The church is called to point people to the wisdom of God. The church is called to demonstrate that we have a balance in the turmoil of whatever goes on around us. And the only way that we keep that balance is by keeping the counsel of God by keeping in touch with God's word, God's will, God's way, all of those. And so our decisions and the many decisions we have, now some are very easy. If I have a decision between this loaf of bread or that one, that can be a pretty easy kind of decision. Other kinds of decisions are much, much tougher. And we try to work at discernment. But in all of these, we're really called to understand that, that wisdom is what enables us to be uh, balanced in our lives and to not get caught up in this movement, caught up in that movement, caught up in the latest kerfluffle or whatever argument is going on and, and conflict is going on and to keep our balance. Um, J.I. Packer, in his book, Knowing God, wrote, wisdom is the power to see and the inclination to choose the best and highest goal together with the surest means of attaining it. The power to see and the inclination to choose. And that's important because it's not just seeing something in terms of wisdom but it's also being committed to choose what we feel is the best. Now, here's what we know also about children of Israel. Their memory was terrible, as is ours. We are no better and no different. God can do incredible miracles in our lives, and we forget it. And so what's interesting about this harvest, the harvest of righteousness, the harvest of thankfulness, this season of giving thanks, is that the whole purpose of giving thanks is for us to remember in order to be able to discern and act in the new situations that we're in. And so we face new challenges, and then we should be asking Okay, when have I been here before? Maybe the subject is different. Maybe the decision is different. But I've been in this dilemma about trying to decide before. How will I look at how God has worked in the past? If I don't remember, if I don't give thanks for that, um, then, then I'm probably not going to be able to discern very well. And that was the whole point of, of Moses' struggle. He was so angry 
that he forgot that God would still redeem his people, that God would still ultimately conquer over evil and even over the evil that was in the hearts of his people. That's the important thing. And so thankfulness is directly connected to discernment. You know, uh, the, the song, Count Your Many Blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. It's that counting your blessings, it's not just counting them, saying, okay, well, there was one, there was one, there was one. No, it's counting them, meaning take account of what God promises he will do and how that applies to my new situation today. So I'm interested, and the ushers are going to have microphones here, I'm interested in us taking a few moments and just seeing who would like to give testimony this morning. Um, But just before we do that, I'm going to go very quickly through that passage. You may have not heard that. It was a long scripture reading. I'm going to go very, very quickly through it. Because you have the, first of all, you have God's command. And then you have a section uh, of, of what wisdom will do and provide. And then what Doug did not read, you can do this on your own. He goes back to verses 21 and 26 of the passage uh, and promises uh, that, um, that the Lord will be at your side and keep you from being snared is the way that concludes. But listen to these different benefits of wisdom. Blessed are those who find wisdom because they gain understanding. They become more profitable than silver and gold. They, they be, uh, wisdom is more precious than rubies. Um, it provides a long life. Uh, and, and her ways are pleasant ways. The way of wisdom is paths of peace. Uh, it's a tree of life. Those who hold fast to wisdom will be blessed. Um, they will be life for you. They will, you will go on your way in safety. Your foot will not stumble. You will not be afraid. You will not sleep with, um, with sweat. Um, the Lord will be at your side and keep your foot from being snared. All of these different benefits of wisdom are ones that keep us not only balanced, but keep us appreciative of the living God who is with us and present at all times. Uh, and so I, I love that song, These Are the Days of Elijah, because if you look at Elijah and Moses, you do look at the fact that they got to see God in an incredible way do what he says he would do. And so I'm curious, as you take time this morning or as the Lord lays something on your heart or mind, um, how would you like to give testimony? Because one of the other callings is there is nothing that God does in this world and in our lives that should not be proclaimed. Now, you can discuss that later, maybe in your classes, you know, to to see if that, that holds true. But is there anything that we're called to that we are not also called to proclaim that goodness to others. So let's do some proclamation this morning. What areas do you want to give thanks for? Or what stories would you have of a time where God gave you wisdom in in discernment and decision making? And uh, just lift your hand up and, and it'll be available up here.
And go ahead over here. If you've got one, uh, raise your hand. He'll get you the mic. You'll go next. So I'm Ken Litwiller. I'm Ruth Mark's nephew visiting today. And I'm, since July, the director of the meat canning for MCC. So I'm very grateful this year that we have a full schedule for the first time in three years. I'm grateful we have four canner operators. I'm grateful for, for the part that your congregation plays in uh, supporting the meat canning. There are hungry people in Ukraine. There are hungry people in Ethiopia. We heard about Ethiopia today. Uh, MCC is using your resources to pr provide um, food at a special niche. Meat canning is our MCC niche. Other people send grain and so forth. So I'm very thankful for all those things and thankful to be here. Thank you for that word and thank you for your work. Um, I, they let me do uh, meat cutting one time. I, I haven't been back. Yeah, no, I actually uh, successfully did it without cutting my hand, which is my thankfulness and praise. It was a miracle. But I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, and so if any of you have a chance to be involved in that, please do volunteer for it. Someone else. I am thankful for Psalm 23. Verse 5, my cup overflows and runs over. Pass them on. My cup <laughs> overflows and runs over. That could be sewed up. Arthur, uh, Arthur lost that cup for such a day as this. We've had it at the church for a few weeks. And he has strips of paper in there that he's written verses on. And, and, and again, I love the imagery of that because, because what he's throwing out and distributing is the word of God. The God's word is a living word and not just a text. You can, you can fill up your Bibles anytime, but, but Arthur, that was a great illustration, Arthur, of, of a testimony of God's word going out uh, and, uh, and you letting it fly. Thank you. So who, who else would like to share? Um, um, so I want to, seeing all the, all the uh, generosity of the food brought back, um, it's, it's very humbling being on the receiving end of that kind of generosity also. But I'm also thankful I am in a community that cares about me and my family um, who have given us um, their love through food offering. Thank you, Rachel. It's a good word for us to hear. Someone else, who's next? I'm back here, Connor. So we just came back from... MDS trip, and I'm thankful to be able-bodied to run around with these very old people. <laughs> I'm not saying any names. Dick, Bob, Sarah. Anyway, it's a you delight. You just wait till the next trip, buddy. Hey, now, hey, now, hey, now. I'm just thankful that I'm able to have a job where I'm able to have three weeks of paid vacation and is able to take a week off to spend a week with them. It's When you go on an MDS trip, you see real people. You see the YCMC church members of this congregation in a different way, that we're also all flawed, 
broken people, but we all have the same Savior in Jesus Christ. Thanks. Up front here. I am Mary Road. I have a couple of things I would like to mention, and some of you probably heard me talk about this before. Uh, back in 1972, we were living in South Bend, and my husband Jim got a different job, and we were moving to this area. I grew up at the Church of the Brethren down the road here at Union Center, and uh, for the first few weeks, we visited quite a few different Brethren churches. One Sunday, we were on our way home, came past here, and the church was just being dismissed, and uh, my husband Jim said, well, I think we'll visit this church next Sunday. Randy and Jeff were in the fifth grade and the third grade, and one of them said, oh, we don't want to go there. They have, wear black hats and have beards. <laughs> and, of course, we were here the next Sunday, and they found out that all their schoolmates also attended here. So we've been here ever, or at least I've been here ever since. The other thing I am very thankful for is that uh, Nelson Martin and the late uh, Phyllis Garber, back in 1955, came to me and asked me to be treasurer for what was the self-help gift and thrift shop in Goshen, out at Peddler's Village, which I did. At that time, we were very thankful if the shop brought in $1,000 a week. I've been with them now. We are the depot, the thrift shop at Goshen, and uh, we just had another record the, uh, last week on Friday. Our sales from 12 to 5 Friday afternoon were $9,600. Wow. It is absolutely astounding what has happened with the thrift shop and how it has expanded. I think we are probably going to hit $2 million in sales this year. And for a thrift shop selling things at 50 cents a dollar. So, and I might also mention, please save your plastic bags and bring them to the depot. We need plastic bags because we let the people do their own packing. Thank you. Thanks. What a wonderful testimony. I know that we've had many, many people that have served on the board and served with that. And it's just, when you think about how, how far-reaching the the things go from there and the proceeds go from there it's really truly an amazing uh amazing effort and and a very unique one in in our area and any area so thank you so much for that word someone else this morning i don't think you're on yet uh, okay Thank you so much, Linda. What a what a wonderful we were reflecting on generosity a while back, and uh, I think I was telling the story of uh, or somebody was I was talking to somebody about um, this idea of paying for the person behind you, and we don't often get to see the results, but it would be fun to do that sometime and see at, at any fast food place if one person would get that started. And, you know, how, how far would it go back? You know, would the next one do the next one and the next one, the next one? I'm not sure, but there are needs out there. And, um, you know, I, a similar situation one time, I was at the doctor's office, and this was before their 
their phone translator wasn't working and it pushed me distinctly, but I, I helped that the, they were misunderstanding each other. Um, this woman had come in at the wrong date for their doctor appointment and they were, and she was getting frustrated because, and the person behind the counter was getting frustrated and I knew enough Spanish to be able to, to help them figure out and it was just simply that that she didn't wasn't hearing you know correctly and and you know and what you, what you do is you walk away from that and you go you have this feeling that says you can't quite describe it but it just says now that is God at work and that's what we're supposed to experience is the joy of giving and the joy of that. And, and there's more wisdom in that moment and that realization and that inspiration than there is in, in any book we've ever read. So, yeah, encouragement. Anyone else yet this morning? Okay, back here. Uh, yesterday I was out running errands and Christmas music was on. And one of the songs was, I'll be home for Christmas. And the tears came. Because I thought of all those who we have lost in the church the last several years. They are home. They are up in heaven. And it made me think of my dad. And I'm just so grateful for the time we had with him and for all the family members that have gone before us. And it just made me realize how precious time is with our family and how we should enjoy it and treasure it and not take it for granted because we don't know when our time will come. And then the next song was my grown-up list, Christmas list. And again, the tears flowed because in there it talks about love and peace and being kind to others. We have a little girl at preschool who's here from Ukraine. They left because of the war. She doesn't speak English. So I have to use my Google Translator with her, but she always has a smile on her face. And I'm just so grateful that I live in a country where I can freely worship God and that I'm safe and I didn't have to leave my country. And to be able to, as you talked about, encouraging others with that and blessing them. Um, yeah. Yeah, Cheryl was telling the story. I hope this isn't out of school, but... Uh, uh, so to speak, out of school. Um, but uh, a family member, two two different family members from uh, that that are immigrants coming out of uh, of that particular war, and one saying, "I'm not sure you should send your kids to a public school." And and the person, the other one said, "But my my child's teacher uh, is a pastor's wife." Yeah. And, uh, and, and just recognizing that, you know, in, in teaching and in every role that we're in, we have the opportunity to be a bright spot and a blessing and to reestablish the sense of trust that the goodness of God and the love of God is still alive and active and will not be defeated. That's our call is to have enough wisdom to be able to help others and to be able to bring hope to people's lives. That's it. That's, that's the greatest wisdom there is, 
is to be able to shine the love of Jesus Christ to others because of his great love for us. And so um, I'll save my notes for another time, but I'll just say um, what, what a great grouping of, of testimonies. And I would encourage you to, to do this at home. I would encourage you to do this in Thanksgiving gatherings, in Christmas gatherings, is to give thanks uh, and to, to share testimonies of the way that God has worked in, in, in the past. And that that is our inspiration for how we live going forward, is to recognize that God is still able and he will be faithful in, in meeting us where we are and empowering us. And, and it will do something to us inside to be helpful to other people and to, to serve Christ in that way and to live as Christ lived. Um, I invite you to stand and the team to come up as we sing. The, this closing song is How Deep the Father's Love for Us. It's an amazing song that we give thanks for how much God's love has impacted our lives. <laughs>